When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram, Sorta Awesome Show, or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Friends, we are just a few short weeks away from the full swing of summer. And if you're anything like me, you may tend to lose track of things and all of the summer craze. But we do not want you to lose track of Sorta Awesome because we are going to be bringing you fresh new episodes of Sorta Awesome all summer long. So if you haven't already, make sure that you are a subscriber to Sorta Awesome in your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can also find Sorta Awesome over on Spotify if that's easier for you. Another great place to keep track of us is on Instagram. So if you haven't already, we'd love for you to come on over and follow us on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show, where we post about our new episodes every single Friday. Okay, so as a reminder, we have spent a lot of the month of May talking about home life. Kelly and I talked about easy and fun ways to celebrate everyday life at the beginning of the month. Then Rebecca and I talked about how to have a lot less stress and a lot more fun with gifts and giving. And then last week, we dove into the pool of parenting advice by giving you some of our best survive the summer with your kids tips and tricks. Well, this week, I am so excited to introduce you to a longtime friend of mine, one of the most awesome women I know who has been super intentional about building a vibrant and beautiful home life, even in the midst of a very busy career. I'm going to let her tell you all about herself and her story here in just a few minutes. But first, Jen Johnson, welcome to Sorta Awesome. I'm so glad that you are here. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I know that you are fresh off of hosting a fabulous royal wedding breakfast for your friends in your darling Southern California home. So I so very much appreciate that you are able to take a little bit of time to come to Sorta Awesome and chat today. Well, I'm absolutely happy to be here. And what a fun morning it was. Yes, for sure. For sure. So we are going to here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about Jen's story, her life, her career, especially about her granny house, which she bought a few years ago and has been working on 
renovating ever since. And I cannot wait to get to all of that and let you all hear that all from Jen. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week, that moment in the show where we get to share with you all about the books, the TV, the music, the podcasts, whatever it is in our lives that's making life a little bit more awesome right now. So Jen, I would love to hear what you've brought for us this week. Absolutely. Well, as you alluded to in the intro, I did have a royal wedding breakfast party today. And gosh, it was so fun. I spontaneously decided to invite a couple of gals that live close by. And the only thing I said they needed to do was show up in their jammies and we would have everything ready for them. So I put together a pretty easy breakfast and I bought a couple of extra fascinators so we could all be wearing our royal wedding finery. Oh my God. And and then I, you know, whipped up some mimosas and we were ready to go. So that is definitely my awesome of the week. We had a blast this morning. We watched the NBC feed, which, you know, was pretty good in terms of showing just the actual coverage without too much interruptions. And we just had a blast. Right. We really just, we laughed and we rewinded a few things. And gosh, the funniest thing I thought was the little page boy's face when he walked in holding Megan's, her train and just the look of shock and awe. It was just, for me, that was the moment. I loved it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There were so many great moments. I feel like, and I know that of course, lots of commentary has been made on this, but I feel like this Royal wedding was the like beautiful, heartwarming thing that the entire planet really needed right now. So of course, absolutely. Yes. I think it's something that everyone from every station and location can enjoy. Totally, totally. And I love too, that you offered it up to your friends and were like, literally come over in your pajamas. We'll put on hats. We'll drink mimosas. It'll be great. Exactly. I even said, bring your swimsuits. We even got in the hot tub afterward. It was great. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So fun. That sounds very awesome for sure. So, okay. Well, my awesome of the week this week is a book and it is a book that was just exactly what I needed to get me out of my reading slump. Jen, just recently on the show, I was telling Laura, our friend, Laura Tremaine, I've been in such a reading slump lately. I just have not been able to find any fiction that I could really stick with. And so I wanted to tell you all about this book because I just finished it. I think it's the perfect beach read. It's called Neanderthal Seeks Human by Penny Reed. Have you heard of this book at all? I haven't, but the title sure is catchy. My goodness. Okay. Well, it's not a new book by any means. It came out in 2013. So it's like five years old. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Which is sort of typical for my timeline of when I discover (laughs) things for sure. (laughs) But it's the first book in Penny Reed's Knitting in the City series. And honestly, I kind of classify it as a contemporary romance. It's sort of like... It's a hybrid, I feel like, of romance and just your sort of contemporary chick lit kind of book. So it was recommended to me very strongly by our friend Lee Kramer. Okay. And also sort of awesome regular Dr. Kara Pence also chimed in and assured me that this really is a smart romance. And Mm. this is not a spoiler. It actually says in big letters on the cover, (laughs) a smart romance. (laughs) (laughs) They're making it easy for us. (laughs) Yes, they definitely are. And it did not disappoint in that regard. So in Neanderthal Seeks Human, we meet our protagonist, Janie, who is an architect turned like accounting whiz. She's a big comic book fan. She's a voracious reader. She knows a lot of facts. And she's also kind of socially awkward. And we follow the romance that unfolds with her and the leading man, Quinn. 
And honestly, there's not a lot more to it than that. (laughs) But the writing is very funny and it is very smart because Janie, the protagonist, is like a collector of facts. As you're reading along and she goes through these like internal monologues in her head and sometimes shares these things in conversation, like she'll just go off on these like, you know, five minute jags of just like unloading all of these facts about that it may not be relevant to the conversation at all. So but if you're reading along, you actually do learn a few things. <laughs> There's definitely some warm friendship themes as the author, Penny Reed, kind of sets up her Knitting in the City series. The romance part, it's a little spicy in places, but it's mostly like a slow burn kind of story, which I deeply appreciate. <laughs> a little ooh la la. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. Just a touch. I just finished it. I thought it was so fun and a nice break from the more serious nonfiction stuff I've been reading. And so truly, if you are listening and you're going to be spending time at the beach or the pool or traveling this summer, you need something light and fun and you like just a little bit of spice, I highly recommend Neanderthal Seeks Human. It's again, it's book one of the Knitting in the City series by Penny Reed. And I will be sure to drop a link into the show notes for that book. So awesome. Those are our awesomes of the week. But don't forget, every single Friday over on Facebook in our community on Facebook, in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group, we open up the floor for you all to share with us all of your awesomes of the week. And we would love to have you join us if you haven't joined us over there already. And you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, there is no doubt that we are committed to encouraging all of you to take great care of yourself through every season of the year. Excellent self-care shouldn't stop just because it's summer. And that's why I want you to check out the plant-based solution to self-care from Knipe. Knipe is not just another skincare company. It was founded over 100 years ago in the German countryside by a Bavarian priest who founded the naturopathic and hydrotherapy movement. Today, Knipe is committed to creating plant-based self-care through products that are not only paraben and cruelty-free, they are also dermatologist-tested and approved. The Green Brand Awarded Skincare Lines from Knipe are perfect to stock up on this summer, like the Arnica Joint and Muscle Gel for when you work those muscles a little too hard on family vacation, and the Mineral Bath Salts are perfect for a soothing soak at the end of a long summer day. My girls and I are loving the grapefruit body wash. The smell is truly awesome, and we all think the shower foam is so fun, and it leaves our skin feeling so hydrated. We would love for you to check out Knipe and you can get 15% off of your first order when you go to knipe.com. That's K-N-E-I-P-P.com and use promo code awesome at checkout. That's knipe.com. Use promo code awesome at checkout for 15% off of your first order. Thank you, Knipe. Awesomes, this time of year, you do not want to be stressing about how you can get enough fruits and vegetables worked into your family's diet, especially when your family might be tempted to just reach for whatever's fast and easy like junk food instead. That's why I love Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers frozen, one-step prep, plant-based eats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, savory harvest bowls, overnight oats, and more. 
Daily Harvest delivers those frozen organic fruits and vegetables right to your door in perfectly portioned cups. Each cup stays fresh in your freezer and can be prepared in just one step. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk to the cup and blend or heat. And with Daily Harvest, you can make an amazing meal or even just a quick snack filled with delicious, whole, organic ingredients in just 30 seconds. It's the perfect thing to have on hand that you or anyone in your family can grab when you're craving something healthy, delicious, and fast. To check out Daily Harvest for yourself, go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. Thank you to Daily Harvest. Okay, like I said at the top of the show, this May of the Year of the Awesome in 2018, we have really been focusing on how to make life at home a little bit more awesome. And as all of us know, home ownership is such a big part of life, whether you are like saving your pennies up for your first starter house. Or maybe you're dreaming of and planning a dream house for the someday in the future. Or maybe you're in a stage of life where you're actually downsizing from something that was big to something that's smaller and more manageable. Whatever the thing is, I feel like there's always a lot of emotions that go into this part of our lives. And Jen, I cannot wait for us to dig into that part of your story. But I want to start first because this is something that we sometimes do here on Sort of Awesome. And that's sort of like a five minute life story. I would love for you to start with telling us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school, your career, all of the very fun and exciting places you've lived. So just start at the beginning for us. Sure, absolutely. So I grew up in Southern California in a small city in North Orange County. And as the oldest child was always very adventurous. So the moment I had the opportunity, I left and sought adventure. So I went to college in Fort Worth at Texas Christian University. Go horn frogs. Go frogs. We're, yes, we're so proud of our <laughs> love of those horn frogs. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and while I was there, I really wasn't sure what I was really wanted to major in and really took the opportunity to take a lot of intro courses and kind of expand my horizons, frankly. And while I was there, I took an intro to poli sci class and I had a fantastic professor. And then I took another one with him because I liked him and thought he was interesting. And pretty soon I was signed up for a course in Washington, D.C. And it really kind of changed the path of my life. I decided to major in political science. I actually double majored. I have an English degree as well. But I really fell in love with American government and everything I was learning. And so I came back from a trip to D.C., got my first internship working for a local congresswoman, and then once I graduated, headed east even further. So I lived in Washington, D.C. after college for about four years, working in Congress. I uh, lived really close to the Capitol and actually was working in Congress on September 11th. So that's right. Yeah, so that was a really yeah. interesting time in the world, especially to be there and to be young and really to see how people react to trauma and to kind of really having their own personal world shaken up. Mm. So. At that time, I was actually in the beginning of September of that year, ironically, I had just finished graduate school and a lot of my friends had already moved home or moved away, I should say. And I was really kind of thinking about moving back to California. 
And it just so happened that earlier in the month, probably right there in the first week, I was offered a transfer to our Orange County office, working for a California congressman at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I was like, this is it. This is my opportunity. Ironically, a few days later, we had just gotten our redistricting maps back and the congressman I was working for had lost Orange County. So I was like, well, gosh, do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? What do I do now? Because in a couple right. of months, I'll be out of a job. I didn't want to move. I wanted to stay in Orange County. But, you know, yeah. I, I kind of went with the thought that, you know, this is clearly where the doors were opening. It was time to go home. And then just a few days later, as I'm halfway packed in my house, this happens. And, you know, I was living on the hill about five blocks away. And I was had the opportunity to host a few people in my home that afternoon who couldn't get across the bridge. And we all tried to wait until the phones started working again. We could call our families, let them know we were safe. And I just realized, you know... Mm-hmm. It wasn't a bad idea to go home, even though there was uncertainty in the career. So it was one of those moments where I realized, you know, when bad things happen, it just makes sense. And it just feels good to know that you can always return home. So I moved back home in late 2001. And I have lived in Orange County ever since with the exception. Uh, In 2006, I lived in Sacramento, California, and I worked on Governor Schwarzenegger's re-election campaign. Yes. That's right. Yes. And not any stories that you can tell on Mike, but you definitely do have some stories from that time. (laughs) (laughs) I have some stories. Now, all I can say is that it was a great experience. And having spent my entire career in government and politics and public affairs has been thrilling and exciting, has provided me with amazing opportunities to kind of see the country and just have really cool experiences to grow as an individual, as a manager, and really as a person who is developing her own kind of political positions. So, yeah. But I really call Orange County my home. It's where I've lived for the majority of my life. And I have been a homeowner since I was in my, I'd say, mid-20s when I realized, gosh, it doesn't make any sense to rent an apartment if I can easily find the opportunity to purchase something or, you know, with my parents' help at the time, of course. But we did find a little condo that I lived in for a long time. And that's really when I developed my love for hospitality, for home improvement. And really for making my home, my little tiny palace, while I am able to kind of get away from the demands of a challenging career. That makes a lot of sense. I really can see that connection there because you've continued to work in policy in various ways and in various capacities through all of these years. I know that your job now and in the past, it takes you away from home a lot. And some people I think maybe would take a different path of just being like, well, this is sort of just my landing pad. I just kind of come in and like unpack and then wash clothes and repack and leave again. But you really have taken a radically different approach in that you have invested so much thought and time and energy into, like you said, building your little palace, your little, you know, your little nest really that you keep and have just done some amazing things with even though you are on the road a lot. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know where it started. I have parents who are very handy and I grew up in the house that they built when I was five. And so there's touches of my family all over that actual home. And so I think I always assumed when I was growing up that I'll be just like that. I'll, you know, get married young. I'll have kids. I'll have a home. I'll be able to, you know, host folks from, you know, friends and folks from church and et cetera, et cetera. But that's just not the path that I took. But I do think though, that being busy, traveling a lot, I have trended to wanting peace in my home when I'm here. And I think that peace really for me 
manifests in knowing that it's just right for me. And I'm not sure that I know how to explain that really well, other than having my own touches and having the things that I've selected and the things that I've chosen, the things that I've created here just really gives my soul rest. Yes. Yes. I love that. I do think that the family influence can really make a big difference when it comes to these types of things. If you grow up in a family that maybe always buys Mm. new construction and they kind of don't make changes, that may sort of, you know, form your view on what it means to be a homeowner. I can look at my husband's family of origin, which was, they are all like, my father-in-law was one of eight kids and all of them because of their parents' influence are very like hands-on, you know, let's renovate this whole thing. Or even let's, down to the furniture, let's reupholster this all and make it our own. And I do think that that kind of gives you the thing of like, this is how you do home life. You know, you either do it this way or that way, but it's very much influenced by the context you grew up in, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other influence certainly is pop culture. You know, when I was early in my twenties, maybe not so early, (laughs) but at one point, you know, trading spaces was all the rage. That's right. And I think that was the original impetus for a lot of us to be like, Hey, wow, I can do that. I can figure that out. I can reupholster an ottoman. Just give me a, you know, a staple gun. So I think that there was a lot of that influence that came from those early DIY shows. Yes. And, you know, when I, when I first got my condo at 25, 26 years old, I certainly didn't have, you know, extra income to be furnishing it with, you know, (laughs) the nicest of things. So I absolutely went that route and decided to, you know, repurpose and reuse as much as possible. And to the extent that then I started kind of finding blogs and then I created my own. So I think that, you know, once you get a little bit of that confidence, it builds and builds and you realize, gosh, there's a whole community of folks out there who were doing the exact same things. Why don't we trade ideas? So I do think there's a lot of influence from, from pop culture and then later even from social media. Totally. Yes. I definitely see that the explosion of, you know, first like home blogs and then leading into Pinterest and all of the things definitely makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the story of the granny house. Walk us through this process of you finding this home that you have spent so much time and energy really renovating to make it yours. How were you introduced to the granny house? And when you first saw it, was it like love at first sight, or did it end up being like a slow burn over time? Take us through the whole story. Sure. Of that. Well, I had been living in a one bedroom condo for about 12 years. And I legitimately purchased that house thinking, oh, surely I'll only be here for three or five years. I'll meet my Prince Charming and then we'll get this right. great big giant house someday. <laughs> so well, that did not happen. So yes, yes. You know, years later, I realized that, you know, the California market obviously had seen some real catastrophic reactions. And then we kind of had some kind of quiet mellowing out. And I'd say about four years ago, I started thinking, I have the bandwidth, I have the resources, and now I have this asset, it might be time to start looking. And, you know, I was kind of slowly looking online, you know, I'm not sure at the time, three years ago, it must have been like a realtor.com or things of that nature. But really what happened was I started seeing a lot of flyers in my condo community where had been a lot of sales. And I just kind of picked a realtor who had had the largest sale of a one bedroom in my neighborhood and gave him a call and said, Uh hey, what do you really think I could sell my unit for? I had done some improvements. 
That's not true. I actually have done quite a few. I've done the bathroom and the kitchen, you know, which are mm-hmm. the more sellable features in a home. Yeah. And I had a great location. Yes. So I was hoping for kind of a certain number and they said, we think we can get that. So really kind of on a whim, decided to list my house just to see what would happen. I had been looking at places, but didn't really, I had never really made an offer. And I'm pretty sure that I had kind of gotten my heart set on some houses that I never even put a bid on, but I just liked the community in the areas. But really I put my house up for sale, my condo up for sale. And the day that I was having an open house, I had a husband and wife realtor team, one host of the open house. And the other said, Hey, if you have to get out of the house, let's go looking. So we went and looked at about five houses. And frankly, I walked right into the granny house and I think it picked me. It was an instantaneous kind of, this is it. It was just that feeling that washed over me saying, this is where I can see myself hosting family, hosting friends. It just felt like a place where I could be the best version of myself. And even more than that, it was a project. And I knew I wanted one. I knew that I wanted to go in and put my own touch on something. I didn't want to purchase a house that had recently been flipped that might've been close to what I wanted, but rather find something that I could completely get for a lower price, invest kind of my my blood, sweat, and tears into making it perfectly mine. Perfect. I love that. That gave me chills when you said that, because that was definitely our experience with finding this house that we're in. You know, Kyle and I had been married for well over 10 years before we bought a house. And when I very first drove down the street past this house, I was like, oh, yeah. I think that's the one and it ended up that it worked out that way. So I love that. I do think that we sometimes were very fortunate to have those moments where it looks like this is it. It all clicks. Yep. Yeah. And how cool that is when kind of all the stars align rather than needing a place quickly and just settling. I know plenty of folks who have a relocation for work and they find themselves kind of jumping on the one that's available at the right time and they just are never fully happy with it. And that makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. Yes. Yeah. It does happen for sure. It doesn't always work out that way, but it's really awesome. Yeah. When it does. So in the purchasing process then, so you sell your condo and start to move towards getting the granny house and making it yours. Was there any drama around it or was it smooth sailing as you went through that process? You know, not really. I had an offer on the condo. I want to say within 30 days of listing it. And I'm pretty sure that the week I got my offer was the week I made the offer on the granny house. And of course, it was at a contingent sale. So I needed to make sure that my deal on the condo closed so that I could close on the house. So there was stress certainly involved in that process, but it all kind of worked out well. And frankly, I got the keys about two days after my birthday that year. So it was kind of like a little gift. It was super fun. And I was able to bring family and friends over the night we were celebrating my birthday out to dinner to say, look at my new house. And I think most of walked through with huge eyes thinking, what has she done? <laughs> Okay, so then, like you said, you were ready for a project (laughs) and the whole transformation, the whole renovation. I mean, it was all in your hands. You could do whatever you want. You could pick every single detail, whatever feature you wanted. It was all on you. So I am so curious if that was like really fun and liberating or was it overwhelming or maybe a little bit of both? I know I would get totally overwhelmed if it was all on me. So I would love to hear your perspective on it. So I wish I could give the perfect formula because I do think that a lot of the reason for why it wasn't stressful is because I'd kind of been mentally preparing for this for a long time. I knew that I had a certain amount of money and it wasn't going to stretch for the entire house right now. 
So I actually interviewed a couple of contractors just to see kind of how far that first batch of funds would stretch and got to the understanding of, okay, master bathroom was not going to be able to be done the first year. Right. Um, outdoors would be able to be done the first year. I really could tackle the good chunk of the living space though. Yeah. And so kind of knowing that and, and already knowing when I walked in that first day, what some of the major aesthetic changes I wanted to see were, I was okay. I made peace with the fact that I couldn't do all of my renovations immediately. And, gotcha. and that is hard for me because when I set my mind to something, I have to do it immediately. Right. So that was hard to realize, okay, year two and year three are a reality in this renovation. Yeah. Yeah, So so that was hard. Now, what was easy on renovation is that I can make decisions very quickly and I'm happy with them. So my gut really is good to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I do think, and I think that's the real hard part of renovations for most people I talk to. Definitely. The idea of taking on a project where they're just like, well, I don't know how am I, it's going to take me forever to decide what happens if I see something after I've already selected. Right. That kind of buyer's remorse (laughs) is such a big deal. And so, yeah. So when I hear folks talk about that, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel really bad for you. But thankfully, (laughs) that has never been a problem for me. (laughs) Yeah. So in fact, I went to a tile store once. My contractor had said, go to this place, you know, discount place that we have a good relationship with. Pick it out. We'll go pick it up. And I was like, great. That's easy for me. I don't even have to cart it around. Sure. So I go to the store. I spend about, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes in there and I make my selection. And maybe it wasn't even that long because I make my selection. I tell the guy who looked at me with huge eyeballs and he said, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was expecting me to kind of like, hem and haw and walk around other parts of the store and ask more questions. But I was like, right yeah, that's exactly what I want now. So he wasn't quite sure he believed me and no, no, that's exactly what I can put the order in. That'd be great. We'll get this thing done. So I knew the color schemes. I knew that I had a little 1950s house that had been previously owned by a little old lady, which is where I got the name, the granny house. Yes. I forgot. We didn't, we didn't clarify that, but yes, it was granny house reno became my hashtag. So it was all because it was this little 1950s, just traditional raised foundation house. And I knew going in that I didn't want to change the true aesthetic of the house. Like I wanted to be true to the architecture, to the design. I didn't want a little, you know, gray and white house on the outside with cute little, you know, gingerbread trim on it. And then inside wildly modern. Right. That was important to me to keep to that integrity. And so I already had minimized my choices, right? Like I already kind of put myself into a smaller box, which helps with decision-making I find. So I knew I wanted to be traditional, a little transitional in my design choices. And that did help with that hemming and hawing because I was able to really reduce my choices. Right. Yeah, so that I think was yeah, smart. I mean, I feel like- that was maybe a good decision that I made yeah. early on. And I don't even know if I was aware of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Totally. That so makes sense. If you do at least have like wherever you can narrow down what your vision is, that does eliminate just that process eliminates a lot of the choices and decisions that you have to make. So that's so smart. And, you know, it was easy for me in the kitchen as well, because 
I knew I wanted a white kitchen and I knew I wanted marble countertops. Now, every person I worked with said, marble, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to want it in the kitchen? And I've heard mm-hmm. everything from it stains easily to it's soft and it chips and it scratches. And if you ever get citrus on it, it's going to you know, take away all the polish. And but I was like, no, I know this is what I want. And I right. have been happy with it ever since. Now, all of those things have come true on my counter. <laughs> I'm not sure I would do true marble in a kitchen ever again. It sure looks beautiful, but gosh, it is. It shows the patina of life, as I like to say. (laughs) Yes, totally. But you know, as far as, so, you know, like the kitchen was easy. I knew exactly the look I wanted. I went with the marble counters, a white subway tile backsplash with another marble border trim piece. So it was, that to me was an easy choice, you know, boom, boom, boom choices all taken out. Now, the areas that I think were a little more complex were floors and removing a wall and really choosing, again, how to lighten and brighten my home. I like a bright home and I didn't have a single overhead light. And so I had to spend a lot of money on electrical. I also had to do a structural beam. And look, you don't really get a lot of aesthetic value from doing some of those items where you spend a lot of money. It's like, okay, it's brighter, the wall's gone, it's open. But frankly, that's a big investment typically where you're like, gosh, I wish I could have, you know, put in crown molding. And, you know, the crown molding budget went away when I had to do the structural beams. So those kind of things are hard decisions. But, you know, ultimately, I think that when you have the ability to make decisions or even if you have your Pinterest board pretty close to what you think you want and you're able to kind of share those yeah. visuals with the folks you're working with, gosh, that really helps make a lot of sense. I literally, for two pieces of woodwork that I had done, I had a front railing and then I did a full kind of mantle and fireplace reface. I literally just gave them a picture I had printed off Pinterest. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. I got to the point where I was like, this will work. And I just gave them the picture and they came back and they were able to do exactly what I wanted. So, you know, there's a lot of resources out there, but I yeah. do think that ultimately we can be our own worst enemy if we don't just at some point make a decision. And, and thankfully for me right. in this process, in this home, I kind of just knew what would work and that did help. That makes so much sense. You clearly did have a vision for what you wanted to have happen. And it kind of gave you a road map to really make it happen. Yeah. So that's so smart. And actually kind of like one of the awesome ways to use yeah. technology. Like we kind of sometimes complain about, yeah. oh, Pinterest this or whatever, but it can really be used in some super helpful ways. So oh, absolutely. And, you know, I did it again later on, you know, year two, I did my master bathroom and then year three, I just finished my landscape. And in all cases, I really used what I was finding on Pinterest or even on house as, as kind of my design guidelines. So it's a time suck. <laughs> it's a place that causes a lot of comparison yes. and heartburn, but it also is a really useful yeah. tool when you use it well. Absolutely. Listen, Awesomes, this is the time of year we all want to be outside, enjoying the sunshine, breathing in the fresh air, and having fun. None of us want to be stuck in the kitchen slaving away over meal plans every single week. That's why I love Sunbasket. Sunbasket takes that task of meal planning right off of my to-do list by delivering delicious meal kits right to our door, making healthy cooking easy and convenient 
so that we don't miss any summer fun. And with Sunbasket, you now get more options than ever. You can go to the Sunbasket app and pick from 18 weekly recipes. Sunbasket totally made my week when they sent a Mediterranean diet-themed box, including Mediterranean turkey meatballs with red pepper cashew crema and wilted greens. My whole family loved it. In addition to Mediterranean meal plans, they also have paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, vegan, family options, and more. Sunbasket always works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh, organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafoods. And the best part, Sunbasket is delivered in perfect portions with reliable nutrition information, and it's all ready to whip up in about 30 minutes. There's something for every family and every lifestyle. To check out Sunbasket for yourself, go to sunbasket.com sorta today to learn more and to get $35 off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com sorta for $35 off sunbasket.com slash sorta. Thank you, Sunbasket. Okay, I would love for you to give us sort of the highlights reel. You've been at this whole process for a few years now. As you've been going, what projects went <laughs> off the rails? Because <laughs> I'm sure every home reno has those projects. And then which ones turned out to be like, oh, I'm actually really happily surprised with how this part turned out. So off the rails, I don't think that anything ever truly went off the rails. Now I went over budget on my landscape because I realized I was going to be digging things up. I was going to be pouring concrete and where I wanted to save money, it just felt ridiculous Uh not to do it all at one time. So I dug into my reserves more than I would have liked to have because, gosh, concrete is way more expensive than I thought. So I think that going off the rails was my own darn fault for going over budget. Yeah. The thing that worked well, I'm really proud of my master bathroom. Again, I kind of wanted that 1950s feel and I went with kind of the grays and whites. So a nice, cool color. But I decided to close off a door. It wasn't a true master bath. I had an entry from my master bedroom, but also from the hallway. It was kind of unusual. It was unusual to have those two doors. Oh, right. So I decided to seal off the door into the hallway, which allowed me to do a stand-up shower and separate soaker tub. And it's just like my little spa in there. And I am really happy with the way it turned out. Because, you know, closing off, doors and kind of stealing space from the hallway sounds like a good idea but when you don't really have a footprint or have a design for it it really is hard to visualize those kind of structural moves and yet as soon as that door got walled Mm. off and we started framing up the shower I realized this is going to be a perfect size shower you know plenty of room I'm tall I didn't want to be banging my elbows into walls when I was washing my hair and it is the perfect size. And I just, I feel like I really got lucky on that decision. It it worked out very, very well. So great. So great. And truly, I love that because if there is an area that you really want to just meet all of your needs, it is that space, you know, your bedroom or like if you are fortunate enough to have a bath attached, just like you said, that spa, that sort of like little cocoon that you can retreat to at the end of a long day or a long week after you've been traveling or whatever the thing is that you said this word earlier in describing the show, but that you've created like this peaceful retreat for yourself, including the bathroom. 
so it great. wasn't something that went well or something that went wildly wrong. But I do have to say, I have something funny that has happened in all of my reno choices. Early on, I was like, gosh, how do I find a contractor? Okay. Now, my dad's in commercial construction, but, you know, he and my mother are a different place in their lives and have maybe more resources available. So anyone, anyone that they've worked with in the past, not really sure that I would have found them to be within my budget. So I randomly called a contractor whose name I'd seen on a program on TLC. And I did. I called a TV contractor. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jen. I didn't even know this story. I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure if I remember that they were on a TV show or if it was like a, I just, for some reason, the name of this contractor got stuck in the back of my head. So I Googled it. I called them and they sent out an estimator. Really liked the guy. He and I gelled very well. He understood kind of the vision that I had for, you know, taking down the one wall in between my family room and my dining room. And I trusted, you know, the information that he was providing to me as we were kind of working through what would go into the bid. And I thought they did a fantastic job. They stayed pretty close to the timeline we discussed. Right. We, you know, any change order on budget was my own fault for wanting to select you know, an upgraded tile or do X or Y or Z. Um, So they did a great job. The year goes by, I'm ready to do my master bathroom and I give them a call. Well, the television show had gotten so popular and their name had gotten out there so much that the price that they gave me for my master bath was easily double what I thought I was going to spend. I'm like, oh gosh, you guys are too popular for me now. And, you know, so, yes. so the pricing had gone up, but then I remembered that toward the end of the project the year before, I couldn't get a hold of them. And I come to find out later that it's because they were filming. And I'm like, this is the most Southern California oh, thing yeah. ever when your contractor can't come to yes. meet with you because they're filming a reality show. So, that is a perfect I, Southern California I story. I love I it. So fun. I know. So that happened. And then when I went to do my landscape design, I was referred to a guy who just did the design so that I could then farm it out and get different bids. And he was great. We met up twice and he delivered wonderful kind of drawings and detailed kind of planting configurations. Well, come to find out later, he's on TV too. So I I basically (laughs) have the most like LA, you know, Southern California contractor situation of all time, but. Totally. You have like a, (laughs) yeah, low key celebrity home red going on. Exactly. That is too funny. I know. (laughs) I love that you walked us through this because I think, you know, for, especially for a lot of women, the idea of taking the reins of renovation, it feels a little intimidating. And I love that you are sharing what the process looked like for you, that you were able to, you know, pool both technology resources and, you know, real life connections and heck, even a TV show (laughs) contractor to pull together all of these different things and just really make it happen when it came to renovating this home and turning it into your dream home where you knew you were going to be spending, you know, a lot of time. And before we wrap up, I do have one last question because I have known you for a long time and I do know that sometimes in life, I'm sure that you get some questions from people. Maybe some are very well-intentioned questions and some people are just oblivious to how (laughs) rude they are (laughs) about, you know, this idea of living a single life in your 40s. I would love to hear from you. What do you wish that everyone knew about the awesome 
of what your life looks like right now yeah. with your home and family and career, friends, hospitality, all of those things. What do you wish everyone knew about so, that? You know, it's interesting that you frame it that way, because I do think folks probably don't assume there is a lot of awesome about having a single life in your forties. Mm. And the awesome that I find is I can be as selfish as I want to be. And I know that sounds terrible, but right. truly. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear you laughing, mama with two girls and twin boys, right? <laughs> and a husband who has to be involved in all your decisions, I'm sure. But really, I have the benefit. I have the value, truly, and the awesome opportunity of being the sole decision maker in my life. Now, you know, I jokingly called that selfishness early on, but, you know, I get to choose how to use my resources. You know, I get to spoil my friends. I get to spoil my God kids. I get to travel. I get to, you know, I just got back from a week in Hawaii with my parents and that was, that was right. That was not business, not business related, related at all. It I, was know, just I, I travel so much for work that, you know, what is a vacation? Gosh, it was great being able to check out, but really I've created a life that is great for me. It's perfect for me right now. And while I would love to share it with someone, I certainly don't feel that that is a huge thing that's missing. I don't allow, let me say this. I don't allow myself to dwell on what's mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think that there's probably a lot of single gals out there yes. who struggle with that. And at times I certainly have, you know, I think that, probably early mid thirties as my friends were kind of having kids or even getting close to having their final kids. I saw that as an otherness. The fork in the road was separating greater and greater. But what is so great is that I've chosen people in my life that value me for me and not just what I bring to the table. So, you know, if I get a last minute call saying, Hey, I made extra dinner, you know, come by right now. I have the ability to be spontaneous and say, I'm grabbing a bottle of wine. I'll be there in five minutes, you know? So yeah, there's just a lot of awesome in being single. And I just wish that right. more people would just realize that we have the ability to be flexible. And so invite us over, invite us into your space. It doesn't have to be perfect. We can just come and sit on the couch and eat that pizza with you mm -hmm. that you pulled on and, you know, pulled together quickly. And, you know, that's, it's fun to be wanted and desired. And so whether it's social or friends or just, you know, someone checking in on you, oftentimes we have the ability just to pick up and come. So yeah, it's one of the awesome parts of my life is just having the ability to say yes. Yeah, I love that. And you do live a very, very full life with everything that you have going on. And really in the life you've created, it is very full. And thank you. <laughs> I love that. And like I said, in the show intro, you are by far one of the most awesome women that I am so honored to call friend. So I'm so glad that you were able to take time to come and talk about all of this stuff with us today. Yeah. Are there any social media places where you can find you? I know you're in the hangout group, but if anybody wanted to take a little peek at the granny house, is there anywhere we could find that? You bet. So in the Hangout group, my name's Jen Johnson, which is pretty common. But if you wanted to find more specific information about kind of my renovations and whatnot, I am on Instagram as blah, blah, blogger. And that's B-L-A-H all the way through. <laughs> and, uh, yes. and on Twitter, I'm not on Twitter as much anymore, really at all. But Instagram certainly will post here and there. And I do have a hashtag granny house reno from all the work that I have done over the last three years. 
Awesome. And awesome. We will put links to the show notes for Jen's Instagram handle. So you can go check it out because there's some really cool stuff in there. And plus, you can get a little peek into Jen's very fabulous life. (laughs) Just as a reminder, if you want to find me on social media, I'm at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. The show is on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Jen, thank you again for coming to Sorta Awesome. I so appreciate your time. Thank you so much. What a blast it was talking with you today. So fun. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.